nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody's going to be exact. But I think, you know, it's good to take in these ideas and see how they fit in your paradigm. And Hey, it's Walter here, and you're at the Think Profit Podcast, where we're going to help you develop a rock-solid trading confidence and avoid the potentially endless cycle of system switching. Right, Hugh? That's right. We're going to help you develop a wealth mindset, develop a trading strategy that fits your core personality, and help you overcome the obstacles that stop over 90% of traders. All right, Hugh. Sounds good. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, Walter, this is kind of a philosophical question, but I think it fits in with psychology. I think Jung and... A lot of other psychologists, they thought that there were probably like three parts to the, the human mind, right? What do you think about that and how that applies to trading? Okay, so I may say something that's going to be kind of weird, but I, I think that all sciences are, are, are fairly new, I would argue. And psychology in particular is extremely new in a sense like, think about quantum computers. How long have quantum computers been around for? Not very long, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're in their infancy. We don't really know much about them. Like they, they found things like, <laughs> and this is crazy, right? The reason why they ha- go to great lengths to put these quantum computers in these cases and put them in a, at such a cold temperature is because they've literally, now this is going to sound really woo-woo to people, but they found people walking by the quantum computer impacts the processing going on the quantum computers so they're like they're like they don't look at it like it's the consciousness of the person but it could be right so the reason i bring that up is there are so many things we don't know for example in quantum computers because they're so new we just started using them same thing i would argue in psychology i would argue that what typically happens in a field like psychology which is fairly complex and even neuro uh neuropsychology or uh, neuroscience what we typically will do is we will rely on the dominant technology of the time to make analogies. So Freud was relying on the steam engine when he talked about the mind and how, you know, if you think of the id and the ego and the superego and all that, right. Mm -hmm. He was relying on like steam engines and and things building up and then exploding and stuff. And then what you found, like, for example, in the eighties and nineties is you had these cognitive psychologists and they're all using the computer analogy because that's mm-hmm. the dominant thing, right? And so I believe all of that stuff in the theoretical area of science, and I would even argue physics as well, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because that's, that's a totally different. But let's just stick to psychology because that's what we're on, right? I believe that we as humans will rely on whatever the dominant thing is at the time to kind of explain things and make them fit into little boxes and make analogies. And so we can think of them more easily that way. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it changes, mm-hmm. right? So all those things that like Jung and Freud came up with back then, they're kind of in the context of that day. It made sense. Just as if you talk to people who are studying memory or started, studied memory in the 90s and the 80s, they talked about, you know, like RAM, uh, RAM you know, RAM of a computer and RAM in your brain sort of. They, they made the analogy of short-term memory and long-term memory and you know, it, which is kind of what your computer has. Right? It has a hard drive for long-term memory, has the RAM. Is it the RAM? Yeah, RAM for yeah. short-term memory. You know what I mean? So, like, look, I'm not here to knock anybody. I am no theoretical psychologist or anything like that. I'm just saying I think that these things are dated and you can and you can figure out. It's kind of like when you read the Bible or whatever or a translation of the Bible, you can see the influences of the culture of the time, you know, during that translation. And I think it's the exact same thing in science. All these people are coming up with theories, which we need these people. They're smart people. They're doing great 
service to science and all that. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying I think that the utility of their approach is probably at its highest at the the time and period when they came up with it. Mm. And then later on in time, it kind of degrades and isn't as useful for us. That's my opinion. So, I mean, I know some people are going to, they're going to disagree with that and they're going to think you're crazy or whatever. But uh, my opinion is that that's where, that's where we need to interpret their theories is in the context of their, of their, of their day, of their time. Yeah. Mm. What, what are your thoughts on that? I agree. I think that, well, the, the way I look at it is as far as I can tell, there's, two parts to the mind there's the sub there's the conscious and the subconscious like there's the parts that we can change consciously and we can do something about on a daily basis and there's some stuff down there that i don't know where that comes from i don't know how to change it sometimes and you know it, it does affect my behavior in certain situations right so in practical terms that's how i see the mind like like you said i, I also believe that a lot of these things are um popular you know, memes, if you will, of the day. And they um, come from people who have some theories. I think, you know, Freud was, in my opinion, not that I know a whole lot about psychology, but in my opinion, he was pretty off about most things, right? By the same token, I think that Jung was pretty on about most things, but like, nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody's going to be exact. But I think, you know, it's good to take in these ideas and see how they fit in your paradigm. And my paradigm is like very simple. (laughs) But, you know, I think that, that's just something to consider. And in a training context, I think that being able to understand, okay, there are some stuff in my conscious mind that I can control pretty consciously. And there's some stuff that I can't control that I might need to work on by some other means, you know, hypnosis or whatever. Right. And I think that um, that's kind of where I stand on that. And that could change obviously, but um, you know, that's, that's what I think. No, I think, I think you probably bring up the most important point like in terms of Freud, like his contribution, this idea of, of the subconscious, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's really, uh, really cool. Um, I think that, you know, with modern technology, for example, so we have studies where, uh, one of my favorite studies, we have studies where people are shown, okay, so you go into the lab, you sign your life away and say you're going to do the experiment. <laughs> you sit there in front, in front of the computer, right? I, I think they might have some that have goggles, but I think this one I'm talking about is just the screen, right? So what happens is they actually show you slideshows, right? Like images, photographs, and some of them are disturbing, like maybe like a dead bird or something, or someone who has a, has a like a really damaged arm, right? Like mm-hmm. a cut arm or something, right? So they're sharing, and then some of them are nice, like butterflies and, and bunny rabbits. Okay, <laughs> so and what they found was. When they, because they record, what they were doing is, is they're recording the the reaction on the eye and probably the galvanic skin and all this stuff, right? So they mm-hmm. got these physiological, um, and what they found is fascinating is that before the really uh, gruesome images that were shown, the people would actually react before they were shown the image. Mm-hmm. So there would they would have a visceral, a guttural reaction to the disturbing view of the guy with the arm chopped off or what you know whatever it was like i don't you know something nasty and that would happen before they was actually shown so you know these sorts of things like this when you get into the woo-woo world it's kind of like whoa you know 
I mean, there the, there are um, psychologists that will 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 talk that away, just like people will will talk away near death experiences, and they'll come up with all these. You know, in my opinion, you know, Occam's razor doesn't apply when you start talking about these things because they start coming up with these really convoluted ways of you know explaining away when. when <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Where you, where it's not Occam's razor anymore. You know, Occam's razor in in this study would be okay. We have some sort of preconscious uh, pre stimuli awareness. In other mm. words, we know what's uh, precognition. We know what's going to ha- happen and be presented to us before it happens. And and so it's it's just fascinating that you, when you get into that area. So yeah, so I think long winded way of saying I agree. I with with what you're saying about Freud. Like uh, Freud is, um, you can study psychology for decades and never really learn much about Freud, right? But there are people that spend their whole life in the neo Freudian you know, mm. area of psychology and, you know, you know what I mean? Like all of that. So, the, I mean, it, it depends on where you're at and it's like anything, you know, you can, you can study geology and never, ever learn anything about gold <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but some people like, like the, you know, ones that get paid, they know a lot about oil. They know a lot about gold, right? Those are the geologists that are out consulting for the companies, right? I mean, so there's obviously advantages in that. So, yeah. So I, I agree with what you're saying about, you know, that was a huge, that was a giant, massive contribution that Freud made and Jung kind of took it in his own way, you know, twisted it a bit and stuff like that, which is awesome. And that's great. I, I encourage people to do that, um, you know, to think beyond what your contemporaries are thinking. Um, so that's great. But I, I just, I just love this idea of the unknown. Like there's so mm. much that we don't understand. Like there are people right now. Okay. There are neuroscientists right now that think if they can map out all, and I know some of these people. Okay. <laughs> they think if they can map out all of the, the neurons in the brain, th- that they can basically duplicate consciousness, that consciousness arises from the neural network, right? Of the neuron. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thought. Is that we, once we get this, we'll understand it. We, we got it. We got it. We just, it's like the DNA. When we map out the, the gene, the human genome and all that, we'll, have, we'll know exactly where all the disease, diseases come from. We'll know what you're going to get and all that. And they're like, okay. Okay, no, wait, now it's epigenetics. Okay, so environment does have an impact. All right, darn, we missed on that one. You know, sort of that sort of thing. So I really think, you know, um, there are so many things we don't understand. And this idea of the brain being like a, like a receiver and receiving this precognitive information that you're about to see a really nasty picture of a dead bird, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's amazing to me. I just think it's really cool that there are, that there are still lots of things to be discovered. And as traders... You know, bringing it back to us as traders, you know, that, that means that, you know, we, we shouldn't necessarily throw away something if it's a little bit outside what, you know, you seems to be obvious, right? Like, obviously, there's no such thing as, uh, you know, psychics or precognition, because if there were, they'd go and claim that million dollar reward that the amazing Randy has offered for anyone that can, you know, prove that they're a psychic or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think, the deeper you get into it, the more you can find your little niche and find your edge, you know, psychologically mm-hmm. um, in the area of psychology or research that you think will best apply for you, you know? So that's, what's great about science. There's these wide ranges of areas that we can go into. Yeah, totally. And I think, yeah, it's all a matter of like what makes sense to you, what works for you, right. Is the main thing. And on that topic yeah. of psychic abilities, um, what's his name? Ingo Swan. Yeah, he was one of the famous uh, psychics for the government, right? In those uh, CIA tests or whatever. And uh, he, I read his book, and he said something really interesting. He said, 
if psychics can see the future, that must mean that it has already happened. If you think about that one, I was like, hmm, okay, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's possible. You know, like, how can you not, how can you, how can you see something if it's not there already? So um, just something to, to chew on, right? Something to think about. Right. But then some people will say, well, there's parallel futures. Like it could mm-hmm. go this way or it could go that way or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I always thought like, if that's true, like the people that argue that I always thought if it's true that there are, there's a multiverse and there's all these different branches of where we could go, then what are they seeing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When they're seeing the future, which one are, are they seeing a particular one, the most likely one? Are they just seeing the general out, general uh, outcomes that are that most of the branches, you know, end up over in this area. Mm-hmm. Like I always kind of try to, are they seeing like the mass conscious, like what, what most people are going to experience? Like I always try to think what, it, you know, what is it exactly they're seeing? You know, like, mm-hmm. like Ingo Swan. I, I just, um, I find that fascinating too. Like if what they're seeing, wh- what they're saying is true and that they're seeing the future. And if it's true, as he said, that, you know, that it's already happened then does that mean there's no free will? Like we're always going to make the same, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or is there free will, but we end up in the same place? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think it's really from what I've seen at least, like it's, it appears to be, well, it depends on the skill of the, the reader first, right? Like what's, a, what's their skill? Are they just making stuff up in their mind or is it something that's actually coming through? Um, another thing I think is they generally seem to see the highest probability outcome. Um, but then there are also, it, there also appears to be certain events that will happen. Like you have a lot of free will, but there are these like landmark events that will happen for some reason or another. I don't know. That's the way I see it at the moment, but who knows, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that to me makes sense. Yeah. That, that to me makes sense that you would have, that they would see like the main big picture events. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all the stuff that kind of supporting stuff that gets you there is kind of ir- irrelevant or they can't really, you know, they can't pull that in or whatever. But yeah, it's the whole thing is is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And I guess it comes all comes down to also what you do with that, right? It's going to happen. What are you going to do after that? And same with trading. Like the trade's going to work out this way or yeah. the other way. What are you going to do? So Exactly. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Walter. Thanks. All information in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not trading or investment advice.